to Adoption Now, telling your adoption story, sharing real stories of the joys and challenges of adoption. Now, here's the host of Adoption Now, April Fallon. Hi, welcome to Adoption Now, telling your adoption story. I'm your host, April Fallon. Thank you for tuning in. Adoption Now is a Denver radio program on 94.7 FM, The Word, and now an international podcast. We tell adoption stories from the perspective of the adoptive parent, the birth parent, or the adoptee. We're also a nonprofit, and our mission is to give adoption a voice. We do that through storytelling and giving families the resources they need before adopting, during the process, and post-placement. I am an adoptive mother of four, and we are about to celebrate my baby's first birthday. You can find all of those podcasts on iTunes or visit our website at adoption-now.com. We have over 75 stories. Okay, so last year we got the call that a full biological sibling to our daughter was born, and we had the option of adopting her. Through a lot of prayer and drama, most of our listeners know the story, we decided to fight to keep the siblings together. I bought the last ticket on a flight to Florida to get her, and I was sitting next to a man who said, Are you going on vacation? (laughs) I said, No, I, I think I'm going to adopt a baby. He was very interested and asked why I went to Florida to adopt and not Colorado, where we live. I explained all that we had gone through in adopting our son, AJ, and trying to adopt a son through the foster care system in Colorado. I explained how difficult it can be for an adoptive parent and how I felt the laws were better in another state like Florida. The man I was sitting next to was Republican candidate for governor of Colorado. And today he and his wife joined the show. Victor and Amy, thank you for being here. Well, it's great to be here, April. I'm excited to have both of you. Now, Victor, you're returning. You, You did a show with us before when you first started your campaign. Yes, very much so enjoyed. And you've been educating me so much on on the whole history of, of uh, adoption laws here in Colorado and and what we can do to really strengthen and make them final and binding. I just am so, it's been such a pleasure to get to know you and your family. I mean, you guys are doing just incredible things and your kids are absolutely beautiful. Well, I feel the same about you guys and I'm excited to have Amy on because she is supporting you. She goes to all of your <laughs> events. I mean, she is your number one cheerleader and she rarely speaks she doesn't talk. She doesn't go and, and speak out. And so today is our opportunity to to hear her voice. Amy, did Victor tell you about meeting me and this crazy lady adopting four kids? Yes, he and did. What did you guys think about adoption at that point? Um, well, we're interested. He told me the story, your story. And, um, and then we started talking about our family story because his sister has adopted two children and his first cousin has adopted a child. So it all became one big story between meeting this woman on the plane when he was going to visit some friends, your story, and then our story. So, so adoption is important to you, right, Victor? Extremely important. I mean, it it just, you look at, we've, we've gotten to a point in our society that we, we don't really value the sanctity of human life. And, um, you know, and, and the thing that's most troubling are these late-term abortions that we have or literally days away when a child is about to be born is aborted, and yet we have literally thousands of families right here in Colorado that so desperately want to have a child, would love to adopt. So we've really got to work much harder to promote adoption over abortion. I agree with that. That's another reason why we love Florida. 
we go there, and if you drive down the road, I mean, I'm sure you've seen these billboards. They are putting so much money into promoting adoption, anti-abortion. Let's try to empower these mothers to carry full term and bless another family with a baby. I mean, that relationship is so important. And a lot of people don't understand that. They think that it's still happening where a a mother's going to get pregnant. She's going to be rushed away to, you know, uh, Catholic charities and she's going to deliver. The baby's going to be ripped from her given to another family, and she never hears from the baby again. That is not like that anymore. We have open adoptions in Colorado. We are promoting the relationship between an adoptive family and a birth family. And a lot of times, as an adoptive family, we adopt the birth mother, too. I mean, we adopt the whole family. If I go into it with love for a child, I can certainly be asked to love a mother as well. And so really educating on that is so important. And when I started talking to you about that in the plane, Victor, you were very interested in bringing that to Colorado. Let's talk about that. Absolutely. I mean, we've got to destigmatize the whole unwanted pregnancy. Um, things happen. Young, young girls uh, get pregnant unexpectedly. And obviously the boys are just as responsible as the girls. And um, there shouldn't be a stigma to that, an unwanted pregnancy. Uh, We should do much more to break that down in society where there's nothing wrong with putting a child, carrying a child to term and giving the child up for adoption. The adoption should always be uh, final and binding. Hmm. Once you turn over a child um, and you should not be able to claw back, you know, a year later, three years later, or some distant family relative and snatch the child away from the only parents that the child's ever known. I mean, that's incredibly destructive to the child, as you as you kind of told me and explained to me in greater detail. But we got to really understand more, too, why states like Utah and states like Florida have such better um, adoption laws than we have here in Colorado, where they can be so easily unwound. And so many young women are choosing to uh, uh, pursue, you know, basically abortions or otherwise uh Families that want adopt to adopt happen to go out of state. Mm-hmm. We are pulling together all of those laws and statistics, and really pulling the top nine states that have laws about adoption, and really trying to understand why is Colorado so different from so many other states. And that's a whole nother show. But let's talk about your sister. What was her journey? So my sister Sue Mitchell, um, um, she. She uh, unfortunately lost two uh, of her naturally born children. They had neurological disorders, and she lost both of them within a couple of years of each other. They were very young, incredibly traumatic family crisis, uh, just devastating. And um, she didn't want to uh, not be a mother, so she pursued. She, you know, she moved heaven and earth, and she went across to Russia to adopt two children. And the kids today are absolutely fantastic. I mean, they are just. They're fully adjusted kids, well-adjusted kids, they're happy kids. They're going to do great things in their lives. Uh, so she is, she's really taken these two kids as a single mom and, and raised these terrific kids, and they're really thriving. Amy, let's talk about what that was like to watch your sister-in-law lose two children. Oh, that was totally, devast- that was totally devastating. Um, you know, just to... Um, just to be with her um, was hard watching her um, go through this and then having it happen twice was you know, unbelievable. I mean, 
you know, there's a lot of people, not a lot, but, you know, people do lose children, but to lose two within five years of each other, that's really hard. Were they older? No. No. Um, Were they babies? No. um, Sarah was five when she passed, and Molly was four. We're going to have your sister on the show to tell that story, but... What people don't understand a lot of times is adoption is started from loss, either on the adoptive parent side, but always on the birth parent side, mm-hmm. right? There's always a loss there. And so building um, building that understanding is important because then you go into adoption with compassion and your family can get involved with compassion. I'm sure seeing your sister lose these children was heartbreaking and all the more reason for you to jump on board and say, we support your journey through adoption. What was it like watching her fight for children after she had lost two? I mean, it's incredible. She's an incredible woman. And, um, it was wonderful. I mean, and today to this day, she's taken in a foster child and, uh, she took this, this, uh, foster child in, I don't know, supposed to be for six months. I think she's on three, three or four years now. Um, the child's mother was a crack addict and father's in prison. And uh, she took this child through foster care, and she's now um, had this child for several years. She might even ultimately adopt the child. And, uh, you know, she's, she's a remarkable woman. I mean, she's really, um, she's extraordinarily strong. She does this a single working mom. <laughs> Can you imagine taking a high-risk child wow. from foster care, raising two adopted children, um, and uh, providing for everyone in her family? So if, if, she's really, she's really extraordinary. But uh, the there's no question about it. I think it's a calling. I mean, I think it's a, it's kind of like people ask me all the time, Vic, why are you running for governor? And yeah, me, I want to ask that too. <laughs> and the answer is you can feel, you know, frustrated or angry or disillusioned with our process, our state of our state, state of our union, or you can put yourself out there and be part of the solution. I, I choose to be part of the solution. I mean, we, we this is our state, this is our nation, and we elect politicians and they can never really fix anything. They're, they're career career insiders, and uh, we I think we're, are, we're breaking down our institutions. We have to start thinking differently, challenging the status quo, and really show that competent, ethical people can get elected. Now, you're a businessman. You're not into politics. No. <laughs> I've been an entrepreneur since I was 21. But you were a state representative. Ten years ago, yes. I served for one term uh, representing Douglas and Teller counties in the General Assembly. I mean, that's a big jump from <laughs> 10 years ago being a representative to now this pursuit to become governor of Colorado. How are you doing it? We're doing phenomenal. We're running grassroots events every day. We've done over 500 events. We have close to 50,000 Facebook supporters. We're clearly, it's an outsider versus insider race. I mean, I, I, I th- I've been a job creator and innovator, and I think that type of executive leadership and vision is exactly what's going to be needed to to fix some of our problems. I'm also not taking any special interest money. I'm the only candidate uh, that's pledged to do that. And uh, we're doing extremely well. I mean, it's really, it's you know, people still don't know exactly who I am yet, a lot of people, but we're gaining. I was just yesterday on Chuck and Julie's show, and it was a lot of fun. And they uh, they even said, you know, boy, your campaign has a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of callers coming in. There's a lot of excitement about your candidacy. So we're still an underdog. But we're rising. Mm -hmm. You you certainly are. We have to take a break. Stay tuned as we talk more to Victor and Amy Mitchell. You're listening to Adoption Now. We'll be right back. 
This is Denver's all-new 94.7 FM, The Word. Hi, this is Bethany Miller, the Director of Events and Media here at Adoption Now. Thanks to you, Adoption Now just keeps growing. We want to give you an opportunity to start sponsoring locally here in Denver and nationally through our podcast. In return, we want to support your business through advertising on this program and on our new donor page. It's a great way to show that you and your company support adoption. Help us keep telling adoption stories so we can encourage the adoption community and bring families the resources they need. If you're interested, contact me at bethany at adoption-now.com. Together, we can give adoption a voice. Welcome back to Adoption Now. I'm your host, April Fallon. Today we're talking to Victor and Amy Mitchell. Victor Mitchell is a Republican candidate for governor. Thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you, April. You are doing great, Amy. (laughs) I know that this is not your thing. And you know what I love about the two of you is that I met you on a plane and you did not have to talk to me. Victor, you did not have to have a conversation about adoption and you were so interested. And you invited us to your home. You let me bring... Was it four little kids? Yes, four little four kids. Children. All four of them came. And it was just, um, it was overwhelming, your love and your compassion and your interest in people's lives. And I think that's what really makes you so different as a candidate. I know that you are an outsider. You're a businessman. I mean, you're a self-made millionaire. You came from nothing. Let's talk about that, Victor. Yes. I mean, it's, uh, I did, I had struggled in my life. I mean, I had to go overcome a great amount of adversity. Um, some people know, I mean, I was raised by a single mother who's legally blind and deaf and, uh, we were near homeless. Uh, my mother's a great lady. She tries, she didn't, she had a lot of pride, a bit of stubbornness. She didn't like to take from others. Uh, we moved around all the time. Every few months we were moving. Uh, but I'm a product of the public schools. I'm a product of public university. And, you know, I, I believe that, you know, um, we should celebrate success, not demonize it, you know, and uh, you can be an at-risk kid and you can overcome those things in your life. And uh, there's nothing wrong with it. You are, you know, there's no, I, I believe that adversity is a good thing. I mean, I, I worry that our generation of kids, you know, there's too many helicopter parents that we don't want our kids to fail at anything. But um, at least for, for me, my per- personal experiences, I've learned a great deal throughout my life from fail a lot of failures than successes. And you have to put yourself out there if you want to make a difference and try to take some risks. And Amy, you are from Ireland. Is, that, yeah, is this this accent we're hearing? Mm, I am. And what's your background? Um, well, I was raised in Northern Ireland, um, but I was I was born in San Diego. Um, my father was in the military, and um, my my parents met in Northern Ireland. I was born in San Diego and moved back to Northern Ireland when I was about three months old. And then I was raised there until I was 21 and then moved back, moved to the U.S. And how did you two meet? We met in a class, a music class. <laughs> really? Yes. Are you both musical? No. No, <laughs> <laughs> no not at all. But our daughter is, though. Our you youngest. guys have three children. Uh, we have three children, and our our 14-year-old is is dyslexic, and uh, but she has this aptitude for music and the performing arts. So she sings. She does all these incredible things with Broadway musicals, and she was just in a Once Upon a Mattress, Princess in, in the Pea. Uh, so it was really fun to watch her perform like just a last week or a couple weeks ago, and uh, we have two older children as well. Our eldest is a software engineer. She graduated from CU a few years ago. And our um, our middle our middle child is uh, 21. He's, his name is David, and he's a West Point cadet. I love your children. But 
I knew that you guys were really authentic when I talked to your daughter, your oldest daughter. She was visiting and we're having this conversation and I said, um, oh, I have adopted children. And so she's kind of engaging in that. And I said, oh, I met your dad on a plane. And she stopped and she said, oh, you're April. You're April. My family was talking about you. She completely opened up and started talking to me about my adoption journey. Her aunt, who we just talked about, who adopted from Russia, who we're going to have on the show. She just went into this whole thing. And I, I thought, these people are not fake because they have shared my story and our story with their whole family and adoption is important to you and making change for people is important. You know, Victor, um, one of the things that you stand on is, is really changing healthcare here in Colorado. And we talk about all the big picture stuff, but what I love about being with you guys is that you care about the people who don't have health care, really the people who are in these rural parts of Colorado that need health care. And you guys have some innovative plans. Talk about that. Well, there's, I think it's, you know, there's, there's a number of challenges facing our great state, but there's also tremendous opportunities as well. But I think the single greatest challenge, if you were to ask me, is the fact that we have one in four Coloradans are on Medicaid, even though we have very low unemployment, and roughly 40% of all Coloradans that have private health insurance can't meet their deductibles or co-payments. You know, it's as if they have no insurance at all. It's like buying a product or service that you can't use. Uh, and I think that's really unfortunate. Make no mistake about it, Medicaid is rash and low quality care. Most doctors won't accept it. So I want to, we've been spending a tremendous amount of money as a state, over $600 million a year into Medicaid expansion into the, what I like to term the unaffordable care act. And I want to basically get Coloradans out of the exchange and get, and basically have full first and foremost, full pricing transparency. So you go to any clinic, any hospital, uh, excuse me, they, they have to have, tell you exactly what their cash prices are, exactly what their insurance prices are. But I want to use that block grant money for entrepreneurial nurse practitioner clinics and physician assistant clinics, mental health clinics, where any Colorado rich or poor, urban or rural can access high quality primary care without, that's right, without insurance. It matters if you are on the adoption road. And I say that because of my experience. If you have a birth mother on Medicaid, you need to be interested in this. Maybe you think right now, well, what does this have to do with adoption? Let me tell you, the journey that I went on with Lily's, my second daughter's birth mother, was very difficult with Medicaid. They lined women up. We went to this this uh, appointment. They lined the women up. Nine pregnant women handed them a cup and said, pee in this cup, hold your, hold your pee, and um, we'll get to you when we can. These women had appointments. They should have been treated. They told them they could be waiting, holding their own urine for four hours. I tell that story and, and you know, everyone's like, it's so graphic. It's because you can't understand what Medicaid really is. It's not good care. Maybe in Colorado it's better, but I'm telling you the way that they treated her was heartbreaking. And if they had an option to go to a clinic where they could go in and go out, I mean, what she needed with her pregnancy was very minor and to be treated like that, it was not right. Well, primary care is well, the good news about primary care is it can be done very affordably because it's, it's quite predictable. Um, my wife and I have been involved through Catholic Charities with a rural health clinic for some time. It's in southern Virginia. And this past year, um, they don't accept any insurance whatsoever. They, they're vertically integrated, so they do everything from mammograms and PET scans, colonoscopies, wellness, mental health screenings. Uh, they use telemedicine if the person has a serious illness so they can get a specialist on the line. Uh, they serviced a million and a half, I'm sorry, they, uh, they serviced 25,000 people last year on a million and a half dollar budget. Uh, they charge $10 per visit, no, no appointment required. Their nurses spend about 40 minutes 
uh, with each patient. And I want to contrast that with Medicaid clinics that we have now opening up all over the state of Colorado. Well, they're all in per patient visit is around $480. Uh, the health wagon in rural Virginia, they're all in per patient visit is $60. So it's eight times more expensive or one-eighth as efficient Mm-hmm. Um, today, these Medicaid clinics, and make no mistake about it, most doctors won't even accept the right. reimbursements. They're generally doing diagnostics. They refer you out somewhere else. It's a highly inefficient, wasteful uh, program. It's not accessible to millennials, by and large, uh, who are generally very healthy, so they need uh, primary care. It's not accessible to many people that are underinsured, that have insurance, that uh, can't meet their deductibles. So the current system is just not working for the most most Coloradans. And it's worth noting as well that we're the healthiest people in the entire U.S. Coloradans are. We have the lowest mm-hmm. rates of obesity. We have the lowest rates of uh, diabetes. Um, we need health care options centered around primary care uh, that work for our, for our um, citizens, not something coming from Washington, D.C. That's a kind of a overreach where we have different challenges, say, for other parts of the country, like in the Deep South. Mm-hmm. I think all of that to say is that you really have a plan and that you really care about people. And isn't it time that we bring somebody in that actually cares about people that is actually looking at state law and saying, this is not working. We're one of the wealthiest states and we just don't know what to do with our money, it seems. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I can't speak on that. I am not a politician. I have been traveling with <laughs> that you. That makes two of us. <laughs> <laughs> I have been traveling with you and speaking to people about adoption. And I can't tell you how many people have come up to me with their adoption story in your campaign and said, I would love to get behind Victor because this is my experience with adoption. Or I tried to bring kids home in the foster care system. And it's broken right now, and I'd like to see that change. And so just reaching people where they're at, continuing to promote who you are as people is so important. You know, you have a deep faith. Um, you have a great family. You've been married for a really long time. How many years? I'll be 20 28 years. years this year. 28, and you still like each other. <laughs> so go places we spend, together. We spend every minute together, seems like. You know, it's, a, it's to the point where, you know, she can finish my sentences in the morning. <laughs> I wanted you to just do that, but... <laughs> She is wonderful. She's my best friend and uh, life partner, and we we have a great relationship. We uh, we really, I, I frankly, I couldn't be where I am today without my wife. She's done so much, she's made so many sacrifices for our kids, for me. Um, you know, it's it's pretty. You know, it's worth telling your listeners as well. We almost didn't come to Colorado. We moved here 23 years ago to start a company, a telecom company. It was a difficult negotiation. We started a totally different type of a business that had never been done anywhere in the country because I grew to one of the most successful private telecom companies in the country. And um, we didn't know, we didn't have a single friend here. We didn't have a single relative here when we moved here. It was never intention to just stay for a short period of time. And we fell in love with Colorado, most especially the people of Colorado. Two of our three kids ended up being born here. It's become our forever home. But I want to use all these skills I've developed over the last 30 years uh, to help people. I mean, I've got these these talents that I've developed over 30 years of being an entrepreneur, being an innovator. And that's exactly what we need to challenge our, our broken systems of government today with so much of our, our, uh, you know, our roads and infrastructure are literally crumbling. 50% of our at-risk kids can't do college level work after they graduate from a Colorado public high school and nothing ever seems to get fixed. I mean, we just can't seem to uh, elect problem solvers. So so I hope I hope I have the opportunity to really make a big difference. I think uh, the hard part is getting through the primary. But if we can get through the primary, you know, a number of the outlets have said by far and away I'm the most formidable of any of the opponents to take on and beat uh, Jared Polis, who will be on the left. I believe it. 
I, I believe that you're working really hard. And I believe <laughs> that you're going to all of Colorado. You've been to 60 different counties. Um, we have 64. So, I mean, it tells you he's been driving around everywhere, mm-hmm. meeting people. And you'll go and talk to people, even if it's 10 people. You will go personally and talk to them. You email people personally. You respond to every message <laughs> sent to you. I mean, that is just it's it's really uh, extraordinary, Victor, what you and Amy are trying to do. And I, I believe that people need to get behind you. What is one thing that you can say to the adoption community? Well, we're with you 100%. And any, any adoption, uh, any abortion prevented and adoption occurring is one more human life that can make a, a big impact uh, forever. And we should have, we should be promoting adoption everywhere and anywhere we possibly can and strengthening the laws so they're final and binding. And Amy? Yes, um, I ha- totally have to agree with Vic. And, um, you know, I've become educated, more educated on the laws of Colorado through you, April. And um, this is definitely something that's close to heart. And I totally believe that Vic could make a difference um, in this area. And it would generally help, you know, it's not just the adoption, but it goes for, it goes deeper. It's about families. It's about education. Um, so, Yes, I, I totally agree with, with, with my husband, and uh, we will be totally, once he is elected, adoption laws will be something that he will definitely be looking at to change. And you're going to have to lead the charge, yes. April. You would yes, be the perfect yeah. advocate you know, for this. I always say, you know, you're the voice of adoption, and now I'm really being tested on that, you know, really <laughs> going forward and, and making change um, to a deeper level than just storytelling. So thank you, too, for being on. People can find more information on you where? At VicForGov.com or follow us on Facebook. We list all our upcoming speaking events. They're always free, and I welcome you to come out and hear me speak and uh, introduce yourself And tell us what's on your mind. Don't forget to like Adoption Now on Facebook. And remember, all of our podcasts are available on iTunes. Thank you for tuning in to Adoption Now. I'm your host, April Fallon. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Adoption Now. If you'd like to tell your story or for more information about Adoption Now, visit the website at adoption-now.com. You can also find them on Facebook or Instagram. Join us next week.